All right, so um, this afternoon I had two topics that I could preach on. And uh, I thought I'd do the, yeah, let me say this. I can preach on rest or running. Which one in the first week of December do you want to listen to the most? <laughs> so, so you're all saying running because that's the right answer, but actually you want to say rest because, right, is, right okay, my wife's saying rest, okay, all right. So luckily, I'm going to preach on both, all right, because hey, that's, you know, I came prepared, you know what I'm saying. Okay, so I've got a quick clip, Karen, that we're going to show, and uh, once we've shown the clip, then I'm going to preach my sermon. Okay, awesome. Okay. Now, firstly, shame on you for all laughing at those poor people who've just run a marathon, right? Jeez, tough crowd. Tough, tough crowd. But I'm sure as you, yeah, exactly. So I'm sure as you're watching that clip, some of you are relating, going like, well, I feel like the guy, there was a guy who was doing a cartwheel over the, over the finish line at one point. There were guys barely making it. Some people were carrying their friends over the line. Some people were collapsing at the end. Others felt like it was just a normal run. Like they were kind of like, hey, blowing kisses and like, I'm done. Like, I think they just run 42 kilometers. Okay. I won't tell you how many Ks I can run, but that's not the point. But I want you to keep that picture in mind as I go to our passage of scripture that I want to preach from this afternoon. Okay, and the passage is found in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. And I spoke a little bit about this last week, um, and I, I was preparing the sermon then, so I preempted a little bit. But it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Now, Hebrews 12 is obviously preceded by Hebrews 11, and Hebrews 11 is this great passage of the heroes of the faith, men who, it always starts off with, by faith, by faith, by faith, and these amazing men ran these races of faith, and we read about them in Hebrews 11. Then we get to Hebrews 12, and the author of Hebrews says, well, now you've read how they ran, now it is your turn to run this race. 
And it's an incredible passage of scripture, but he encourages us to run our races with endurance, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Now, last week I said I spoke about this passage a little bit, and I spoke about kind of the end of the year and a natural tiredness. And I think, let's be fair, most of us are feeling a little bit naturally tired in the body. It's December, we've worked hard, we're ready for a rest, and I will get to that. But my sermon this afternoon is entitled, The Race, The Runners, and Rest. Okay, so I will hit all three of those, and the rest will be at the very end, okay? You'll see why I do that. Okay, so this metaphor in the Christian life of a race is quite common. We see it throughout Scripture, and the Apostle Paul especially loves it. And uh, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but based on this, maybe Spurgeon, for one, is convinced that it's the Apostle Paul. Other scholars are not really sure. But Paul uses this metaphor a lot. He uses it in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. It says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Or we see in Galatians 5, 7, it says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Right? And we know in the church in Galatia that the Judaizers came in and they were spreading false doctrine and gospel in that church and it, it tripped them up in a sense. They were running well and then they got caught up in these things of the law and grace and Paul has to come in and go, you were running well. What happened? And he brings correction obviously in that book which is an incredible book of the Bible. But um, you know, unlike a race that we partake in in sport, okay, so I don't know how many of you have how many of you have run a marathon? No, there's no way, Andre. <laughs> but there's this thing, there's a sense of this metaphor of yes, we run races in our in our natural in our lifetime, but there's also this race that we run in the spiritual sense. And the weird paradox is that while you're sitting in your seat, you are running. And this race that we are all running, every one of us here, whether we're a believer or not, is in this lifetime. And actually, if you think about it, 2022 was yet maybe just one kilometer in this race that we are all running. It maybe puts it in perspective. I know, it's like, oh, no, another K. I personally am 45, which means I've run a marathon. I know, so I can personally say I've run a marathon. And actually, I'm three Ks over the marathon, which is 42. And others of us, like maybe Keith, are nearing the ultra marathon length. Where the <laughs> Keith has run, he's, he's on the comrades. He's like, I'm going for the 100, which is amazing, right? So we run this race over our lifetime as believers. And every year we keep going, and maybe another kilometer gets added to it. And in fact, I read this somewhere. If you're not dead yet, you aren't finished yet. So keep running. <laughs> yes, I should have preached on rest there. You guys are like, what the heck, bro? <laughs> He's telling me to keep running on the 4th of December. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and the thing is, with this race of life and this race that we run in, in, as believers in our spiritual race, is this, very seldom do we run a race that is a straight road, 45 k's that way, 
Or very seldom do we run a race that's in a stadium where there's lights and there's a track and it's an easy race to run. In fact, most of us will run a race which is full of elevations and obstacles. Who can relate to that? Right? Yes, of course, all of us. Some of us know, but yes. We run these races, this race, this, this race that the author of Hebrews encourages us to run is never easy. In that sense, I watched a documentary once on a, a race called the Barclay Marathon. Have you, who's heard of the Barclay Marathon? Oh, my word. It is literally, it's called the hardest marathon in the world. Okay, so this is what it is. This is a brief description. It's run at a place called Frozen Head State Park. That's already a, not a good sign, okay? <laughs> if it's running like Malibu, maybe... It is unmarked. That's a huge red flag for me. It is 60,000 feet of elevation. Okay, we, we walked up the mountain. <laughs> 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 I can, uh, on Monday, I can I uh, attempted to summit Mount Musenberg. <laughs> We, and I used the word attempted because it was an attempt. And we were there, and then what I'm saying is we only ended up going like maybe 100 feet of elevation. Okay, because it's, it's literally straight up. Don't laugh, Gabe. Okay. <laughs> so we didn't summit Mount Musenberg yet, but we're going to do it. I promise you, we're going to do it. The goal is there. Okay, 60,000 feet of elevation, and runners have to complete five 20-mile loops. Okay, that's 100 miles in 60 hours. <laughs> and actually they say if you do three loops, that's called the fun run. Okay. Not fun. This is what one guy said. He won it one year, but in this year that he ran, he said, in 2013, I didn't finish. It was atrocious weather, and I got really lost for about seven to eight hours. <laughs> in the mountains. He says, in most races, people get distraught if they're lost for 10 to 20 minutes. At Barclay, every year, there's some point where you're lost. <laughs> now, I read that, and actually some of you might think, well, that's a perfect description of my life in many ways. And I think a lot of us here could say, yes, actually, I haven't run this perfectly straight line. There's been these elevations and dips and bumps, and I've been lost and I've strayed, and maybe I started the race well. We all start the race. Going to the beginning of the start line, you're full of energy. It's like me when I do my boxing training. I go in there full of energy, and I crawl out when I'm finished. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> But maybe like any race, you started fresh, full of zeal and idealism. But maybe as you started to run, you begin to feel your muscles and your lungs begin to burn. Who knows that feeling? Or maybe you take a short rest on the side of the path, or perhaps this race of life, you've wandered off the path, gotten lost, faced challenges, or maybe you feel that you've been disqualified. Because running can be hard. No, running is hard. <laughs> okay. But keep running. 
You know, that word race is from the ancient Greek word, which is agona. And it means conflict or struggle. Now, you might be going, that word sounds vaguely familiar. You're right, because the root word of race is agona, which is actually the root of the word agony. And running, <laughs> running a marathon, in a sense, is agony. I meet very few people who run a marathon at the end are going like, that was just so great. Ah, let's do it again. Well, some people do it, but I know, but not everyone. <laughs> so we're engaged in this race. And in one sense, we're all engaged in this broad race called the Christian race, this race that we are all involved in, the same race that Paul was involved in, the writer of Hebrews was involved in. We're all running this Christian race. And it's a race that lasts for our lifetime. It's a race that's marked out by God for each and every one of us. But like every marathon, each runner runs their own race. Now, I don't know if you've been at the end of a marathon, but it's the same route. Say the two oceans. It's exactly the same route. But you get to the end and all the runners are, how was your race? Well, I've just run, you're going, you've just run the same race. No. You've run the same route. You haven't run the same race. Perhaps for someone the start was easy, for the other person it was a bit more difficult and they found their breath and their pace no going at one point and then this point and it get, got a bit tricky towards the end or something. But each runner runs their own race in this life. And it reminds me of that famous story, that discourse between Jesus and Peter. <laughs> Such a great story. Because Jesus says to Peter, this is how you will die. And this is how your death will glorify me. And the first thing Peter does is he looks at Jesus and says, what about him? <laughs> and the other disciples are thinking like, Peter, not bro, don't do it, don't do it. But Peter always puts his foot in his mouth. And Jesus says this to Peter. I mean, this is, I don't know if I'd want Jesus to say this to me. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? You must follow me. <laughs> Or think of Paul in his letter to Timothy. I love this. This is, this is actually my favorite scripture. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. <laughs> and now, on there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but all who crave his appearing. Yes, I crave his appearing. And so Paul had run his own race, and he, he's run it, and he runs a unique race. Not many of us would have been shipwrecked and beaten and killed and stoned and brought back to life and gone through all these things. Most of our lives look pretty average and compared to the Apostle Paul's. But one thing that Paul knew through all of his hardships was endurance. And this is what the Scripture says. It says, run with endurance the race set before you. Let us run with endurance. Now, I spoke briefly last week about that word endurance, and the root of that word is to make hard. Now, when you've endured something for long enough, it, you, you develop a strength, right? Like, you've, you've, I've done this. I've been there. I've overcome this. You become a little bit harder. I don't think it's the same as callous, necessarily, or indifferent. 
And so as we run this race, we run with endurance. And endurance literally means this, the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. So on your route, you might have already faced numerous obstacles. And there are these things called obstacle races. Now, the fast used to do those. Remember them? Yeah. So every Sunday, the fast would post pictures of them having run over a whole bunch of obstacles filled with mud and feeling exhilarated. Not my dear fun. But <laughs> for many of us, we need endurance to run these races, which often feel like obstacle races. Fences we need to climb, relationship barriers that need to be crept under, many deep ditches with disease to be waded through, many bad bits of the road studded with sharp points of stress through which we need to pick our way. Think back to the Barclay race and maybe it becomes a little bit clearer, like maybe our lives sometimes are a little bit more like that. But despite the challenges... We know that this endurance is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25 says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way as to receive the prize. Everyone who competes in the games trains with strict discipline. They do it for a crown that is perishable, but we do it for a crown that is imperishable. Running with endurance or patience when there's no prize or goal would be disheartening. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Like, I'm just, I keep going, I keep going. But there is a prize. As believers, we always run for the prize, which is Christ. We can endure because He endured. Our passage says this, look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And part of this running, part of this enduring, part of this overcoming is not only that we would finish the race, but also that it builds up our faith and strengthens us as we navigate our way forward. James 1, 1 to 2 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers. I mean, they use this joy, this word joy a lot in hard situations. For the joy set before him. Consider it pure joy when life goes really well and everything's super cool and you get what you want all the time. <laughs> and things do go well. I, I, I hear what I'm saying. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Keep running. Chantel, keep running. Keith, keep running. Andre, keep running. Craig, keep running. Carl, keep running. Vanessa, Anisha, Abu, Marco, Lashane, John, keep running for the prize. (laughs) 
Well, you might say that's all good and well, but this is hard, this race is long, the route is tricky, and sometimes you just don't feel like going. How do I keep going? Well, here's a few points, and actually I'm almost finished my sermon, which is quite cool. I've got nine minutes left. So a few points in this thing, I've, I've said that this running this race can be hard, that we need to develop endurance, that we need to, to get through these things, and you're going, yes, it's all good and well, but it feels like I'm, I'm kind of alone in this thing. Like, thanks Dylan, I'm going to leave here, and then I'm going to be alone with my problems. Thanks for that very inspiring word, now what? We don't run alone. You see, in this passage it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see, the author of this book, who Spurgeon is convinced is Paul, (laughs) says, let us, including himself, run this race together. And what he's saying is, he's including himself in the church, he's saying all of us are running this race together. And in a sense, that's why we have church and community is because it would be very hard for us to run this Christian race alone. And so Jesus puts us into community. He has this, thing, this wonderful thing called the church where people come around you and encourage you and say, keep going. Keep running for the prize. We run this race together. And it is a lot easier to run this race in a group than it is to run alone. I think of Mike and I think of Benji. It would be very hard if they were two lone people running this race by themselves without, firstly, their wives and families and moms and dads around them, but then secondly, the church that surrounds them and encourages them, just like the great cloud of witnesses does in Hebrews 12. All these men who've gone before who stand there going, come on, come on, keep going, keep running, because the prize is worth it. We are cheered on, we are being cheered on and encouraged. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who are the witnesses? The men and women of Hebrews 11. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I want them cheering me on. Because they've done it. I mean, uh, Hebrews 11 gets pretty real. When else do you read Hebrews 11? I mean, there's talks about sores and, and people being cut in half. Momentary and light affliction. <laughs> you see, what the scripture says is that all the great heroes of the faith are willing us onwards. Like Paul, they finish their race, but they stand to cheer us on. But it's also our task to put off the weight and the sin. They can't do that for us. First Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. See, the job of the church and everyone around it is to build each other up and encourage one another. In fact, Paul's encouraging the church, going, just as you have been doing. Now, I've got a video clip that I want to show you of what it looks like to encourage one another in the church.
One more time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stand up, Sophie. Do you want to do a dance for us now? Okay. So that's my daughter, Sophie, and we were watching my sister-in-law running the UC, what's it? Uh, CTU, I don't know, CTUT. And that, and that was literally at the corner where Millie, my sister-in-law, was about to turn the corner and didn't realize that before her lay this hill, which was not fun. Everyone who kind of got there stopped and they were like, <sighs> and they all walked. They're like, ah, okay. But Sophie was there to encourage and actually after the race, Millie messaged and said, thank you so much for encouraging me out of my dark place. And if you'd seen her, you would never have known. Like she was just running but like she was in a bad space and there's Sophie, like Coke bottles. It was amazing, right? Encourage one another like Sophie. Hashtag be like Sophie. (laughs) Right? So we have this great cloud of witnesses. We have one another. But obviously, and most importantly, we have the Holy Spirit. And this analogy of the Holy Spirit as the parakletos, this person who runs alongside, who cheers you along all the time, reminding you of the words of Jesus and comforting you, going, you can do it. You can do it. There's this amazing description. It says, a paraclete is one who comforts, who cheers, who encourages, who persuades, who exhorts, who stirs up, who urges forward, who calls on. What clapping of hands is to a speaker, what a trumpet is to a soldier, that a paraclete is to the soul. One who calls us on. A paraclete who one is one who calls us on to good. And he does. Sometimes you can be in a situation where no matter what anyone tells you, it doesn't help. And sometimes you just need to sit and go, Holy Spirit, help me. Because ultimately, he's the one who's leading us in this lifetime. And then, my third point is, we don't run on our own strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your own strength. No, in your awesomeness. No, in your weakness. We don't run alone or on our own strength. And it's in these times, these times we are running with God and running with the church and with fellow believers and with the Holy Spirit that we experience great joy, great comfort, and great peace where every valley has a plateau. Now, at this point you're going, well, your sermon is called The Race, the Runners, and Rest. Where's the rest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the rest part? Because we're in December, Dylan. Come on, give me the rest. It is important to find rest. Please, 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 don't leave here saying, Dylan said I cannot rest and I need to keep running. Here's what I'm saying. There is a time, and Scripture does say to us that when we come to Jesus, that he, he gives us rest, that he's burden is easy and his load is light, right? He, he calls us to rest, but that, that word in the Greek is always a momentary pause. 
So we, we, we do take times where we stop running for a short while to allow our muscles to rest, but we don't rest for too long. Hike and I hiked up Elsie's Peak the other day, and then we hiked down the other side, then we had an amazing breakfast, and after we'd been sitting for 45 minutes, we needed to walk back. That was not fun. <laughs> My muscles were like, no, dude. No, I've done the work. I've had the breakfast. I'm not into this. But we did it, right? Let me suggest this. Who here has heard of a thing called a recovery run? Yeah, check. Wow, okay. I'd never heard of it before. Because obviously I'm a runner, you know. It's, it's very hard to be like, never heard of it. But I would say this, as believers who are running this race, yes, there are seasons where we do stop running. But in a time like December, I would say, how about we do a little bit of a recovery run where we are keeping relationship with Jesus, but we are running at a slower pace. Because I think the worst thing you can do, and I see this so often, is December comes, Bible goes in the cupboard, and it's like, well, see you again in January, Jesus. Thanks, thanks for the last 12 months, it was great. I'm just going to take a break. <laughs> the devil loves those breaks. He's like, hey, here's my time to shine. Okay. Just being honest, that's what I've seen. So a recovery run is short, it is slow, and it is relaxed. A little bit like resting, but you're still moving. It's called active rest. <laughs> If you find yourself sweating, picking up the pace, or trying to push yourself, then slow down or stop altogether. Think of a recovery run as a gentle, this is ridiculous, a gentle, nourishing jog. <laughs> I've been on many jogs. <laughs> they are never gentle and nourishing. I feel, yes, I, I'm not good at running. <laughs> Jesus did not give me that knack. Anyway, but what I'm, so what I'm trying to say is, yes, rest, but keep your relationship with Jesus going. Okay, that means just at a very, very slow pace, one foot in another, one foot in front of the other, spending a little bit of time with Jesus every day through this holiday period, I think is wisdom. It's keeping our relationship with Jesus because recovery keeps relationship and relationships ultimately equal rest. If you find that Christianity exhausts you, drains your energy, then you are practicing religion rather than enjoying a relationship. Jesus said that a relationship with him would bring rest to your soul. Your walk with the Lord will, make, will not make you weary. It will invigorate you, restore you, and energize you. Or it should. It should. Look at... Uh, <laughs> You can ask Haka. I don't always get that right. It should. So, I'm going to end now. As I said earlier, we are always running, maybe at a different speed or intensity, either flat out or in a recovery run, or we're resting or jogging or a sprint. But my encouragement now to you at the end of the year is church, keep running. The prize is worth it. Okay. Let me pray. Thank you, Jesus, that we can run this race for you. And God, we don't just run in vain as some runners do, but we run for the prize. 
Will we run for a crown that is imperishable? And God, where maybe we've run this race on our own strength or we've been unwise, God, I pray that you would help us, Lord Jesus, that we would rely on you, that we would realize our weaknesses, Father God. And in our weaknesses, we would find your strength. But God, where we, some of us maybe have been running this race where there have been difficulties, Father God, where it's required great endurance from us, Father God. God, I pray, won't you strengthen us, Lord Jesus? And God, won't we keep our eyes on the prize knowing that these trials that we go through builds perseverance, and perseverance ultimately builds maturity. There you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are with us every step of the way. God, in Hebrews 12,